0: New Year's Death is an actual play podcast of Vampire the Masquerade by True Dice. It contains adult content including, but not limited to, graphic violence, drug use, and body horror. We have clear role-playing boundaries and safety tools in place at our table. Listener discretion is advised.
1: In our last episode, three residents of Chicago had their lives ended on New Year's Eve after attending a rave in an abandoned church on the west side of Chicago. They were turned into vampires, or kindred, as the undead bloodsuckers of Chicago like to call themselves, in the hours of darkness after midnight, before the dawn of the first day of the new year. A dawn that three new kindred will never see. One of the most disconcerting parts of kindred unlife that our fledglings have discovered is exclusively operating by darkness. With memories of human life still fresh, rising after sundown and sleeping through the day as a corpse can make existence feel like one long, never ending night. On the other hand, those kindred who have existed for many centuries. The elders often scarcely recall the look and feel of the sun and take the darkness for granted. The psychological toll of living exclusively by night colors the perspective of every kindred, young or old, whether they realize it or not. It encourages kindred to engage in secret manipulations and Machiavellian interactions with both mortals and other kindred. It allows kindred to delude themselves into believing that no one sees the terrible things they do in the dark. With that in mind, let's sink our fangs into episode 2 of New Year's Death, Chicago Nightlife. Our story begins a week after New Year's Eve. The three of you have spent a series of nights being shown the ropes of kindred existence. How to hunt, how to feed and hide the traces of your feedings, how to shelter yourself from the deadly rays of the sun, and you have all been taught the first and foremost rule of kindred society, the masquerade. One of the only things that virtually all kindred agree on, the Masquerade decrees that you must not reveal the existence of vampires to the humans. You have all been informed that breaking the Masquerade carries deadly consequences for both yourselves and your mortal associates. Freshly armed with knowledge and with new power coursing through your veins, as well as with a new and terrible hunger tempting you to act out monstrous urges, you venture out into the night. After the sun vanishes from the horizon on the night of Saturday, January 7th, you have been told by your sires to go to a hipster neighborhood on the west side of Chicago called Wicker Park. There, you are to meet up with two other newly embraced childer, outside the Gem Theater, an entertainment venue off of North Milwaukee Street. After that, you have been instructed to go inside and meet with an elder vampire named Isabella, who is expecting you first thing in the evening. Who is the first to arrive?
2: I'll I'll be the first one.
1: All right. Amelie.
2: I'm going to get there faster these these <laughs> books.
1: Absolutely. Amelie uh, makes her way uh, earliest out of the other childer. Uh, what, what? Do you take your bike? Do you take a car? Knowing
2: Wicker Park, there's nowhere to drive a bike, so I'll definitely take a car.
1: All right. Uh, you find you're lucky to find some parking a little ways up the street. And as you enter into a neighborhood in which old Gothic castle-like apartments, it coexist with modern Brutalist architecture. Like many old neighborhoods, it wears its history like layers of clothing. German, Polish, and Puerto Rican immigration, as well as mid-1970s gentrification, have all made Wicker Park what it is tonight. Walk down the street... And reach the outside of the Gem Theater, which resembles a large saloon from back when Chicago was the last stop before you reached the Old West, but with a sleek coat of black paint added on top. There's a good amount of foot traffic on the sidewalk going along North Milwaukee Avenue, which is the beating heart of Wicker Park's vibrant nightlife. You don't really see anyone hanging out outside, although there is like a fair amount of people going in, occasionally trickling out, but so far no one else is loitering right outside the doorway. Do you seem to be alone? I want to just loiter
2: myself and wait to see if I can notice any of my Mm
1: -hmm. kindred. And I will say uh, as well, uh, you are... Within a few blocks of your people. Sort of on the, I should say, on the opposite end of this app.
2: Oh, so I haven't quite this made it the to the theater is. yet?
1: No, you're, you're at the store, but just for a point of reference for you, the bookshop is sort of on the, the opposite end, uh, northwards, of this establishment.
2: Right. Well, I'm going to just wait outside the door and... Um, Take notice for who comes by so that I can notice if there's anyone uh, pale or not blinking coming my way outside of the theater.
1: Absolutely. And could you also roll me a rouse check? A single blood die to determine if Amelie got hungrier when she woke up this morning. It is blank. It is blank. Uh, That is a failure. Oh, okay. (laughs) Unfortunately. So.
2: Mm, My... Stomach yeah, sprawling.
1: Feels that, that sort of ever-present sort of, like, buzz of hunger starts growing into a, well, a, a sizable sort of impulse to hunt, to eat. And you hear a voice that has been sort of developing within you over this week, and it's, it sounds like Roman, but it's not Roman. Come on, la. There's plenty of blood bags walking around here. I'm sure no one would mind if you grabbed someone off the street, pull them off, and drain them dry.
2: It doesn't matter. They all taste flavorless.
1: Gotta keep trying until you find this sweet stuff. Shut up, Roman. Who is next to arrive? That would be me. All right. Before uh, Quinn arrives in the scene, uh, could you make a rouse check for them to see if they grow hungrier this evening?
0: Yeah.
1: Ankh. Ankh. That is a success. Success. Uh, so yeah, so they... Uh, they Tonight, when they rise from their, their corpse-like sleep throughout the day, after the sun completely vanishes behind the horizon, they don't get hungrier. They still... There's still... There's that ever present sort of like prick of hunger but nothing that's nothing that feels dangerous to them perhaps 15 minutes after amelie arrived how does quinn make their way to the gem theater i well even
0: despite all the danger i have to take my bike i'm kind of on a budget
3: Mm
0: -hmm. i got fired like right before another terrible thing happened to me it was a weird it was a weird night and a weird week. And I don't, I can't take the bus and I certainly can't Uber. So there I am on my bike. A
1: bike comes pedaling down the road. Uh, Amelia sees this uh, and notices an individual. Um, actually, could you please both describe what your characters look like? Let's go, let's say with uh, what Amelie, if you could describe what Quinn sees. As they're pedaling towards you
2: so you might notice the black hair, long black hair into two braids as the the young girl who once gave you drugs, and she's wearing a very plain uh, black long sleeve shirt and black skirt, um, and not a school uniform, just very low key outfit to blend in
0: and then
1: What does Amelie see as Quinn is riding towards her?
0: My uh, shoulder-length brown hair is tied up in a ponytail. The usual. Gotta keep some things the same. And then I'm wearing my uh, bright green puffer jacket. Uh, It's pretty cold out and I just constantly feel cold now. So the jacket doesn't really help. But I'm wearing it anyways. Um, and uh... I'm also wearing some uh, bright red Converse. Just trying to get some some color in my life. So Amelie might see someone very colorful, who's also pale, not blinking, riding on a bright blue bike. There's
1: also something off that you immediately notice about this very colorful person. Just even beyond the paleness, something feels... Dangerous about them. And you, uh, you, uh, you both see each other as you arrive outside of the jump theater.
0: Are you, are you kidding me? You too. Oh my gosh. I remember you. Oh. Are you, are, are you here for the same?
2: Are you thinking what I'm thinking? Yeah, probably. You know, if we're both here, you could be a little more discreet about it.
0: Oh, yeah. You mean, like, wear black like you?
2: Yes, you're almost parading around with every color of the rainbow.
0: I kind of don't have dark clothing. Um. All right, well, come on, get in. We don't want to be seen. Hold on, I gotta stash my bite.
1: Is there a place for me to stash my bike? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it's a little ways down the street, but there is a, uh, a bike rack. Okay, cool. All right, now I'm ready. I knew I sensed danger. Uh, it's at this point in time, where as the two of them are preparing to enter the gem theater, that our third fledgling arrives at the scene. Uh, could you please describe what LJ looks like this evening?
4: Um, after making my way off the, the CTA blue line, um, which I snuck on. Um, you see it's, uh, in like a, kind of just like a, like a dingy looking black hoodie with a, uh, with a white socks, ball cap pulled over my face and like a pair of like sagging old beat up true religion jeans. Uh, like you just see me like walking up, head down, like hands in like the little, um, marsupial pouch of my, uh, <laughs> of my hoodie kind of like walking up
1: could you also please roll a rouse check for when J rose this morning
4: i will roll aroused
1: unk. unk success all right he's keeping his hunger under control this morning, morning.
4: kind of like muttering to myself as i'm walking up
1: and he sees these two individuals about to enter the gym theater that he that he recognizes
4: gotta be fucking kidding you two
0: uh, excuse me, do I know you? Oh my gosh, I remember you. Yeah,
4: you're that crazy bitch from that party, and you were really nice, I, I remember you. You're,
2: oh, okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Excuse me, that's not... Am I wrong? ...polite way to talk to somebody?
4: I think we're all dead here, I think politeness died about a, a week ago. Hey,
2: shut up, you're just gonna say that out loud?
4: We're in the middle of fucking Chicago, who gives a fuck what anyone else says?
2: Get in here and
0: stop talking so loud. I do, actually. I really like to listen to what other people say.
4: That's weird. You from around here?
0: Yes. But not originally.
4: Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay. Uh, You can call me LJ. LJ. And I take it, after that instance, you're Amelie.
0: I
2: guess you can call me that.
4: And uh,
2: I never got your name. Oh, Quinn. Quinn. Quinn.
4: Quinn Quinn Pierce.
2: Quinn, your whole last name, too. Do you... You're really
0: not shy about this, are you? No. I I never have been.
4: That's good to know. Do I need to be? Well, if anyone here is going to be loud, I think you're definitely the person.
0: Okay. Works. I think you two need a little bit more color in your life. What's
4: that supposed to mean?
0: Death. We're all
2: quite pale at
0: the
1: moment.
4: Get your fucking asses in the theater. We gotta go. Come on. We, we're it's burning nice night. Side.
1: Yeah, I'm Inside, hurriedly uh, escaping the open air, the cold, and the potential prying ears of the street. And you enter into a, a lounge and bar area that has a very vintage feel to it with lots of leather, finely detailed wood, and decor reminiscent of the Roaring Twenties. There's a diverse crowd in terms of age and ethnicity that is very much not diverse in that it's made up of mainly upper middle-class art scene folks that are sipping on a mix of neat liquor, cocktails, and coffee. The bartender is a middle-aged man with very sleek middle parted hair and a very expressive lined face wearing a red tuxedo and a black bow tie hey there old sports what can i do to make this a night to remember for you
4: well uh, i was we we were all hoping to meet someone here
1: oh well that's great you know, you can meet all sorts of people in mm-hmm. a place like this. That's what's so beautiful about the theater.
4: Yeah, 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 beautiful.
1: It's got a smile that's sort of like always kind of like plastered on its face um, and just like sort of like makes the whole sort of face sort of contort into weird angles.
4: I um, I was told there was a lady here. Um, Her name is Isabella. I'm not sure if you know her, or...
1: His smile fades for a moment as he sort of seriously looks at all of you, in turn. smile comes back expressively, and he says, Why, sure. I do believe she's expecting all of you. Yeah. So glad you could make it. Her name's Floyd, by the way. I'm sure I'll be seeing... A lot more of you. Sounds good. Head upstairs to the Black Box Theater. He's waiting.
4: Thanks, Floyd.
0: Thank you. I don't trust him.
4: I mean, that's fair.
0: He did have a customer service smile. I know that one.
4: I'm gonna, I'm gonna pull my hood off at this point mm-hmm. and just kind of like tip my, my hat up. Mm-hmm. I'm going who wants to take point on this?
2: I'll lead up the stairs.
1: With Amelie taking the lead, the three of you mm-hmm. head up the very nice staircase uh, to the upper floor of the Gem Theater, uh, and you're able to very quickly find the Black Box Theater. And as you make your way up, you just you just sort of feel Floyd's eyes on you mm-hmm. all the way up the stairs, even... Almost as if even afterwards. You can still feel his eyes.
4: fucking hate this place.
1: Did he
0: seem like us to you?
4: I don't think it matters if he's us or not.
0: He seemed to know, though. And the first rule I was taught was not to tell anyone.
4: First rule I was taught was not to ask questions.
0: Oh. I have a lot of questions. I always ask my questions.
1: You see a very nice sort of oaken double doors that is sort of uh, inlaid between like two little pillars uh, that are pressed against the wall and they're just little sort of placard above. Uh, bronze that just says black box. Ooh. Well, it looks
0: like the place. Yeah. I'm gonna open Wait, is there You're a... going open without knocking? No. We don't want to...
1: What if it's a trap? What if there's a show?
4: There, okay, yeah.
1: You open the doors, and you find yourself in a very dimly lit, large, square room with walls and floors painted black. There are simple black cushioned chairs arranged around a square stage on all four sides, with a very basic theatrical lighting rig in the rafters above. There is a single sort of uh, stage light pointed directly at the center of the stage, bathing it in a circle of light. You also see the back of someone, outlined in shadow, sitting in a front row seat in this otherwise empty black box theater. Come in. Let me get a good look at you.
4: Gonna, at this point, pull my hat off and like stuff it in my little pouch. I'm just gonna wait for uh, Amelie to move forward.
2: You first. Come into the light where we can see you.
1: It's ballsy. mind your impertinence, Fledgling.
4: I'll take a step
3: forward after I he says that. I will not
1: take offense on account of your youth this once. Uh
4: I'll take a step forward after that, definitely. I <laughs> I think I'm not waiting anymore after he sure says that
1: while uh, walking into the uh the middle?
4: Yeah. Like cold stare just
1: Does anyone follow?
0: Yeah, I follow. All
2: right, I'll go third.
1: All right, with with LJ in the lead this time, you make your way center stage. Very bright, very bright, harsh white light, but you can kind of sort of make out now, with this illumination, a person that is sitting in the front row seat. It is a deathly pale woman. With a blonde pompadour, wearing silver eyeliner and lipstick, dressed in a white designer suit with exaggerated shoulder pads. I can see why she didn't want
2: to come into the light.
4: Watch your voice. Isabelle, my name is LJ. I've come here to meet you, it's a pleasure.
0: Hi, uh, Isabella. Um, I'm Quinn.
2: I'm Amelie. As you should know, Roman's told me to meet you.
1: A very impassive face that looks like it was carved from marble. Very carefully regards each of you lingers on Amelie with a promise in her eyes. Welcome to my domain. It is good that you are punctual, if impertinent. As you have been informed, I am Isabella. I hold domain Over Vicar Park. And you... Have been sent by your sires... To serve me... As a coterie.
2: Serve you? I've never served anyone... It's with
4: great pleasure... That we're sent here to serve you. I'm gonna make a death stare (laughs) at (laughs) all.
0: I've worked a lot of service jobs, so... I'm at your disposal.
1: What can we do for you tonight? Tonight, I require a demonstration of your competence. I would hate to waste blood on those unworthy of it.
4: I assure you, we will be able to do anything you request. No questions asked. Quietly.
1: Good. Good. Because I must make myself clear. I will not allow blood in this city to be wasted by the incompetent. Do you understand me? My meaning? Yes. Fully. I understand. Good. V- every single movement that Isabella makes is very. Incremental, almost. Very restrained. It's almost as if the the natural state for her is to just be motionless. The three of you are to make your way to the Vicar Park fountain. There you shall meet with a sewer rat. And fulfill a boon for him on my behalf. Return, then you have accomplished this. And what do we get in return? I'm going to, uh, Amelie, uh, if you could, please make an intelligence plus resolve roll. Okay.
4: Whatever's going on the second she said that, just like, full body tensed up.
1: All right, I got...
2: Um, five anks for you and two blanks.
1: Ooh, that's very good. Would you like to spend any willpower on it? Or are you satisfied with that roll?
2: Um, good enough. All right, right on.
4: <laughs> well, that's so scary Did amount of dice. Did you just
2: roll a whole <laughs> set? I've, I've,
4: I think I just saw him pull a whole crate out behind him over there.
2: Oh, great. Well... My character is very hungry, so I kind of have to... I'm a little wild child right now.
1: Uh, Thank you for your patience, everyone. There is quite a bit of dice to look at. (laughs) Uh, Isabella locks eyes with Amelie and says, You need not speak to me anymore this evening. And Amelie feels the brute force of her will being imposed. And any sort of desire to form a retort is unable to be manifested
4: it is with pleasure we will get this done soon thank you for your patience
1: yes uh, we will go now
4: quinn i'm only i turn and i start walking towards the door
1: <laughs> you walk away in silence and the door is closed behind you rendering the black box theater once more A place of stillness and quiet like a grave.
4: I'm going to remain silent until we exit the theater, the whole theater. I'll give a nod to Floyd on the way out, but...
1: Good luck.
0: I follow suit. I'm also pretty quiet.
1: That was freaky. And with that, you are once more buffeted by the cold, windy air of... Wintertime Chicago.
4: The second the doors close behind us, I'm going to turn and look Amelie right in the eyes. Listen, all right? As much as I don't like it, our names, our lives, tonight are bound together.
1: And to be clear, Amelie can speak, just not to Isabella for the rest of the night.
4: This world that we're in now is different from the last. You have to mind who you're talking to, and I get it, I get your anger. But if you want to accomplish anything, and if you want to live, if you want to be cognizant of what's going on around you, and not a puppet, you really got to be careful, Amelie.
2: It's not my anger. It's my hunger. I haven't had a decent meal in a week.
0: You didn't eat? I,
2: I did, but it doesn't... in the normal flesh and blood, it doesn't do anything for me. I'm still starving, and I can't waste my time doing errands for this bitch. Shh.
4: Watch your voice. She controls this whole domain. Ricker Park, this is her territory. It's like a king with his land. Her ears are everywhere. Her eyes are everywhere. She is in every corner of darkness. Do you understand? You can speak freely freely. Only when you are by yourself and you are certain of that, and I don't even think for years to come you'll be certain that you'll ever be by yourself. So be careful what you say because words have power and meaning here, and people don't just brush things off,
2: especially not an elder. I'm not scared of some old lady. I don't care if you're not scared. I'm terrified.
4: I don't want to die. I have things, and if you if I can't count on you, I will leave you behind.
0: I hate to break it to you, LJ, but you're already dead.
4: I hate to break it to you, but there's things worse than death.
0: Like the sun. So I'm told I... Put
4: everything behind us. Hunger is second. Her request is first. And if anything comes in the way, we try to help each other. Do you understand? If I fall behind, you leave me behind. If you fall behind, I'll leave you behind. If you fall behind, I'll leave you behind.
0: Okay. Let's um I don't like that. Um, but let's just go. Let's the quicker we do it, the quicker we're done. Yeah. Um, how far is the fountain?
1: It's not super far. Probably fifteen twenty minute walk.
2: Can can we drive? Absolutely. Alright, get your bike. Come on. You're coming with me. Oh
4: uh, am I just supposed to walk there or
2: you too. Come on. I'm gonna take them to my car.
1: All right, you see a, a very nice, parked a little ways away down the block, a very nice... It's the Porsche. Porsche 911, yeah, mm-hmm. black.
0: I'm going to leave my bike, actually. Uh, we're going to come back anyways, and maybe that's not a good idea, but I'm going to do it anyways. All right, for sure.
4: I like your tasting car.
2: Yeah, it's <clears throat> pretty nice. Pretty. pretty. sure.
4: Just watch where you park it.
2: Yeah. It's bad to leave cars around. You know, people are just getting into them and driving them willy-nilly.
4: I thought it was just like, you know, the, the Hyundai and the Kia things.
2: Yeah, you know, crazy people out there. Come on, let's get in. We yeah. have to drive.
0: I don't own
1: a car.
4: I'm going to get in the backseat.
1: Ah, shotgun. <laughs> oh. uh, with that, uh, you enter this very nice car. And... Uh, make your way in much less time uh, to Wicker Park. The the eponymous, the, the Wicker Park uh, that gives Wicker Park its name. And are able to find parking, street parking, thankfully, pretty nearby.
2: All right.
4: You need to remember, we're not here to step on any toes. If someone says something, we just say yes.
0: Do you think we're meeting an actual rat? I uh... I mean... I mean,
4: I don't think rats can speak as... It's,
0: it's, you know what? We're vampires, so, like, I'm not going to rule anything out, but, like, I thought maybe y'all would know.
4: I mean, it's someone who's important enough to receive a bone from Isabel, so I assume it's got to be someone bigger than a fucking rat.
2: Like you said, she has eyes and ears everywhere, obviously. Mm-hmm. She has connections to the lowest kind of people here. Sewer rats.
4: Uh, DM. Mm-hmm. Have we heard of the other sex of vampires? Or is that um... you
1: have LJ? And oh. some of you have
4: well uh there's uh there's certain types of us folk. who uh probably
1: not so much on like individual plans.
4: Just heard about like like the general just There
1: are different types of Oh so characters. I so you know, I don't you know I don't like know that clans exist but you probably don't know. I'll, which, I'll let you roll if you would like to. Oh, I would definitely uh, like make to. Make an intelligence plus a cult roll.
4: Ooh. Now for my high functioning addict, is that for do I get to choose this which would, roll it is? This
1: would no. This would this is an uh a uh, a pool of mental dice, so Ooh. it would apply.
4: Oh, so it's going to be intelligence plus what?
1: Uh plus a cult. a cult. Plus the bonus from high functioning addict. All right. And a mechanic that uh teachable moment anyone can use for any roll is a blood surge where you can make a rouse check to mm-hmm. risk getting hungry but then allow you to add two dice to a pool.
4: Alright. One ankh. One ankh. And three three blanks, three blanks. One red blank.
1: Would you like to re-roll any blank dice? I would not. Alright. Uh, with that you know that there are other clans. Don't know a whole lot about the individual clans.
4: All right, let's just go there. And we find out what we find out, all right? Who's going to take point?
2: Well, I I parked the car. I'm going to head to the fountain. All right, for sure. I
4: Look think, around.
1: uh... Wait. Oh, God.
4: You seem nice enough. How about you go take point?
1: You say this... You, you I do see you both say are talking as Omni has already started walking, oh, taking point. F- Fucking him.
2: I don't know what take point means. I'm just going to the fountain. I'm just gonna follow. Yeah. I, uh,
4: I'm gonna, I'll follow a little behind.
1: All right. So that sort of, uh, sort of little, little, a, a loose line, shall we say. I'm pretty comfortable in the middle. Uh, this newly formed coterie, uh, a word that perhaps they're they're not even familiar with themselves, uh, begins making their way to this municipal park that lies uh, within. The neighborhood, uh, and within this park lies a fountain that stands in the middle of a small plaza surrounded by benches. The park and the plaza are both cold and empty, as is the fountain's basin at this time of night in mid-January. The trees in the park are bare save for a few dead leaves stubbornly holding on. You look around to The park appears to be deserted this time of night.
4: Should go uh sit on a bench.
1: I want
2: to check in the fountain to see if there's any there's
1: rats. no water in it. Absolutely. No
2: rats. Just um <laughs> any sort of maybe message, perhaps?
1: For sure. I'm gonna
4: yeah. go uh sit on a bench and keep watch of the entire perimeter.
1: Make a uh, I think a wits awareness, a wits awareness, or wits investigation? Dealer's choice for Amelie.
2: All right, and I have to roll two blood die while I do it.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, I should say two of those uh, dice in that pool are blood dice. So it's not added in, uh, on top; it is part of that pool.
2: Okay. Wits and investigation, mm-hmm. or I'm...
1: wits awareness? Your choice. Um, three unks. That is going to be a total of three successes, which is pretty good. You look around this fountain. And you see, it looks pretty well maintained. Uh, there's like a couple, of, see a couple pennies tossed in the bottom that haven't been cleaned out. And you also see, sort of laying within that base of the fountain, is uh, two long, appears to be unused pieces of chalk. Interesting. Um, I'll pick it up. And as you take a moment, to, uh, what were you going to look for?
4: Uh, I was I was going to go sit on one of the benches around the fountain. Mm-hmm. And I was just going to keep an eye on the perimeter looking for anything, seeing if there's anyone suspicious or if there's anyone who's going to go walk into the park, like walk into this fountain area.
1: Absolutely. That'll be wit's awareness. So that's going to be wish. So. Okay. One onk. One onk, two onk, two three onk,
4: one red onk.
1: Oh, improving by the moment.
4: And then one onk with two stars.
1: Oh, so five. You see everything.
4: Yeah, and then a double one. Whatever this one is, special onk.
1: Uh, wh- were there two of those or just one? Of just one of them. Okay, so then is a standard success. Then when there is- are two of those with the stars, it becomes a critical success. Woohoo! So you look around. Uh, there is. It's it's pretty cold night tonight. So. Not a whole lot of people are in the mood to, uh, to hang out in the park. Although to you, you've noticed the cold of Chicago, it's a frigid city and it, it seeps into you. But there's a certain sort of numb quality to it now, rather than, rather than the bite you felt as a mortal. But you appear to be the only individuals here.
4: Area's clean, guys.
1: Evening. (laughs) Gosh. Suddenly, standing in the middle of all three of you, you see a wrinkled, hairless gray monster with a generally human shaped form, pair of blood red eyes, and a mouth of jagged fangs, wearing a dark brown suit coat and matching pants with a white shirt and very neat cravat.
2: I think I found our sewer rat. Hello. He's
1: sort of regards the three of you with sort of barely, barely restrained hostility.
4: Um, without moving a muscle, uh, I like turn to face him. I'm gonna say, Isabel has sent us tonight. What is it you need from us?
1: I need the sense that is as he's looking at you. It's less of the way that Isabella was looking at you to judge your capabilities. It looks like he's trying to figure out how he could best dismember you. But eventually, uh, he does respond.
3: So you're feel a filling in the boon. I suppose it don't matter as long as it gets done. Yes. I want y'all to prevent... A development project on South Racine Avenue
2: what project is
3: it crown capital real estate and investments is seeking to demolish Casa Puebla an apartment complex and put up a uh, high-rise project this is against my interests And I want you to ensure it does not come to pass. It will be done.
0: Yes, uh, it will be done. Tonight. By tonight.
3: Tonight. And may I have the names of those who will be fulfilling the this boon?
0: I'm Quinn. I'm Amelie.
3: You may call me LJ. He nods. I'm Nathaniel Bordroth.
0: It is so nice to meet you.
3: Nathaniel. Mm.
4: (laughs) Is there any proof you need, or is it just to be done?
3: I'll know if you haven't done the job right. That is understood. When you have completed it, and so I know it's time to do my due diligence, take a piece of that chalk you got there and leave a mark on the fountain. Understood. It will be done.
2: Thank you. All right, goodbye now.
1: Evening. It starts stepping back, back, sort of starts stepping around the fountain. You hear his pretty heavy footfalls. Seems like he's wearing dress shoes. You can hear the sort of click of the heels on the cobblestones of the plaza. But as soon as he goes behind the fountain, the noise is gone.
4: Stand up. So we know where we need to go, we know what we need to do.
1: My
2: apologies, Quinn, but I was testing something. I wanted to see if they would
0: catch us in a lie. Right, cool, just, yeah, gamble with our lives like that.
4: I think we all need to understand that if something like that happens again, a gamble that one of us takes, I need you to know that we must have trust in one another. Sometimes things can't be said, and regardless of if we like it or not, or if we agree, we have to help each other. Is that understood?
0: Always.
2: Well, I assume you need help getting to this development project, so let me escort you there, teammate.
0: Thanks. Escort? Like, like, are we- you're gonna drive behind us, or like- no. I think
4: she means she's going to drive us all day. Oh, hit. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry.
0: It's been a long night, I guess.
4: All right. I'm going to get in the back place. of the car again. Mm-hmm. All right. On the on the drive there, uh, I think I'm going to start game planning with them.
1: Absolutely. As you're game planning to uh, what is the location you are going to specifically? We're going to... The gonna, apartment we're... complex? Yeah, okay. on okay. South Steen Street. Apartment complex, for sure.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. First things first, we need to scout out the area. We need to see any buildings close. Anything that, if there was an accident that happened to an adjacent building, would affect that building. Next, we need to see if anyone's in. Check for cars on the road, check the parking lot. If there's someone in, that's a witness. One thing that we don't need is witnesses. I think we're all aware of this
2: masquerade. I'm going to glare at Quinn as he says
0: this. Why are you glaring at me? Lose the puffer. You're not going to like what's underneath it.
4: I think having someone, the peacock, someone to draw eyes is not a bad thing. If you think about it, there's shadows and there's light. Some walk in the light. Some walk in the shadows. But if everything was shadow, everyone would see everything. And if everything was light, everyone would see everything. But with light in the room, people miss the shadows.
0: Got it. So I'm the distraction.
4: We'll see. Next thing, we need to decide how we're going to do this. Destroy the building, destroy the papers inside.
0: We can't destroy the building. That's what he's trying to stop.
4: I was thinking that we destroy Crown Capital, not, uh, not the apartment. I was misconstrued on that. I'm sorry. There's a lot of things racing right now.
2: If it's not Crown Capital, it'll just be some other real estate company coming after it.
4: That's a good point. So what we gotta do is give a reason why this building should stay.
1: Hmm.
4: Who's responsible for this building? Who owns this property? Maybe if we can figure that out, if they own it, maybe we could convince them that it's important for it to be there.
0: Not to sell. How long has it been there? I watch a lot of TV and a lot of the time when they want to stop something from happening, they get landmark status.
4: Information like that, we could uh, could find that crown point.
0: I don't know if we can do that in a night.
4: I mean, what's it to it? Breaking into the office? Looking through the papers? There's three of us. Could do that.
2: Really quick, before we go and look around, I just want to make a quick call. What? To who? My father.
4: You better watch what you say.
2: Who's your father?
4: We're all in this game together. Remember?
2: I understand. That's why I'm calling him. I'm trying to speed things along.
0: Alright. You didn't answer my question.
2: My father is a very influential man. Um, you'll see. And I'm going to start dialing on my phone.
1: Could you roll a single die? Just a just a probability roll. I got a blank. Got a blank. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, it, it rings, and then goes to voicemail. God damn it.
0: It's all right.
4: Maybe another night.
1: <laughs> we don't have
0: another night.
4: No. Maybe another night. You've
1: reached Alastair von Steen. If you have business with me, leave a message.
2: Hi, Um, I was just wondering if you had any influence over Crown Capital. They want to destroy one of my friends' apartment building. Um, If you could just make sure they don't tear down that building, that would be great. Thank you so much, Daddy. I'm going to hang up.
1: All right, I will make
0: a note. Your dad has enough influence to stop that? We will have to see, I guess.
2: Maybe he'll be too busy. He usually is, but... No matter. We can get it done ourselves.
4: Yeah, we can. So now the choice is, are we going to go to Crown Capital, or are we going to go to this apartment complex? What's there to find at this apartment complex, huh?
0: Maybe we could see why Nathaniel wants it to stay? Well, it could be a simple
2: matter of gentrification of the area. I mean, obviously, the tenants probably won't want to leave. Usually, the seller doesn't live in the apartment, so maybe you're right. Maybe it is best just to go to Crown Capital.
4: I mean, why not go to the source? Find the guy who's responsible for this, who owns this building. If we can figure that out, then we can stop this whole thing. Because whoever controls the papers,
2: so we need to get to him. Alright, I'm gonna do a U-turn and head
1: to Ground Capital. Mm-hmm. Also that you how how would you like to go about finding the address of Ground Capital?
4: Uh I'm gonna pull out my phone. For sure. And start texting in it and realize that the screen is freaking out.
1: Absolutely. I believe there is a, a roll as you as the screen sort of very much goes on the fritz. Fucking shit. Uh, God fucking damn it. The the role you're gonna be making mm-hmm. is I believe it is technology plus oblivion.
4: Oblivion, alright. All right, it's two, one. So this doesn't have any attribute to it? No. Okay. Uh two blanks.
1: Two blanks. The screen sort of... You get know, a sort of green flash across the screen, and then it goes dead. Damn it! Fuck! You okay back there?
4: Ever since that night, nothing fucking works anymore. I can barely get my phone to ring, let alone look something up.
0: Your phone doesn't work?
4: phone doesn't work. Other people's phones don't work. Mo- I try to take a picture of myself, see what I look like. I can't fucking see what I look like anymore. I haven't seen my face in days.
2: Trust me, you don't want to.
4: <laughs> yeah. Kind of got that gist.
2: I'll hand Quinn my phone and let them figure it out.
0: Absolutely.
4: I'm just going to sit there brooding in the back of <laughs> I'm fucking pissed.
0: That's really weird. I mean, technology works for me. It works for... Amelie?
4: Fatherman, though, was saying something about it, but I didn't want to ask.
0: Ah, the not asking questions thing. Yeah. Got it.
1: Quinn, you have the option of either rolling intelligence plus technology or intelligence plus investigation. Do some online sleuthing. And as always, you have the option of making a rouse check to do a blood search.
0: I'm going to do intelligence plus investigation, and I have to do one red, right?
1: As many hunger dice as you have, uh, yet it's incorporated into the pool. Got it. Two ox, two blanks. Ooh, so that is two successes. You also have the option of spending a point of superficial willpower to re-roll up to two blank black dice. No, I'm good about this. Absolutely. I'll say with two successes, you're not able to find a physical location for this company. You do find a phone number. Can I call the phone number? Absolutely. I'm calling. It rings once, rings twice, and then there's the the sound of connection forming. Hey there. Uh you've reached Crown Capital Real Estate and Investments. Uh what can I do for you?
0: Hi there. Um I am interested in Crown Capital development in Wicker Park. And oh my gosh, I just want to know more.
1: How are you uh looking to invest, looking to uh take a well uh, buy yourself one of the uh the residences
0: that we're going to be putting there uh looking to invest i am an avid investor and and i would love to learn more about the project on South Racine
1: all right that is going to be a subterfuge plus manipulation got
0: it uh one blank, one regular ankh, and one
1: ankh with fangs.
4: The red one. Mm-hmm.
1: The red one. So that is how many ankhs total? Two anks. Two anks. And just one of them has Fangs. Fangs. <laughs> and would you like to spend any temporary willpower? Yeah. Yes. Wait,
0: question. Does willpower come back
1: when I spend it? It does. Every night you regain a number of temporary willpower, uh, spent temporary willpower points equal to the higher of composure or resolve. Okay. Yeah, I'll spend one. Absolutely. So you can reroll up to three blank black dice. Not red dice, unfortunately. I only have the one. I got an yeah, no, unc. Yeah, all right. Well, that's just perfect. Uh, we're taking on investors right now. I'd be uh, happy to provide any info you might like to, to know.
4: Tell them that you want to make an appointment.
0: I would love to make an appointment. With, the with you the pro- project. who? With the project manager.
1: Sure, sure. Uh, how does, uh, how does next, next Tuesday, uh, of next week sound?
0: Well, it sounds amazing, is what it sounds like. Um, do you think I could get the? Co- I mean, I would love the contact information for the project manager. Right. Write-
4: which- Ask him about the office. Ask him whose office you need to send the mail to.
0: And um, whose office do I send requests? The requests to what? What address? I'm looking for an address.
1: Sure. Uh, this is going to be another manipulation, plus either persuasion or subject. You can always rouse the blood as well. Oof. One ankh, two blanks. Two blanks. Uh, would you like to spend any temporary willpower? Darn it, yes, I do. Uh,
0: got it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> two ankhs. Uh So that brings me to three ankhs. One of those ankhs has
1: stars, but... Three ankhs. Yeah. And just one of them has stars, right? Yep. All right, so that is three successes. And that's exactly what you needed to beat this individual's <gasps> oh, role. Oh, oh, God. Oh, God. Let's go, Quinn.
4: I <laughs> knew oh, we were the right person for the job.
1: <laughs> and, uh, he says, oh, yeah, uh, sure thing. Uh, we've got an address in the loop. And then he, he gives you an address. Oh, excellent. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm the uh, attorney representing the interests of the corporation. So, uh, you'll be, a uh, Meeting with me uh, next, uh, next, next Tuesday.
0: Great. Oh, my goodness. Remind me of your name. I didn't catch it.
1: Uh, Clifford Warwick. Uh, But you can call me Cliff. Cliff? Thank you so much. And who am I speaking with again? Well, this is... Catherine... Woodson. Well, great to speak with you, Catherine. I look forward to meeting with you.
0: I look forward to meeting with you... Have an excellent night.
1: Thank you. You too.
0: Like nice to meet you, Catherine.
4: That was an excellent job, Very Catherine. Nice job. Good Thank job. You.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Schmoozing was part of my duties.
4: See, this is why she should be the face. She's likable. Likeable. She's the light.
0: Yes. Although, people kind of shy away from me. Like, like, I don't know. I was always the person that like people could come up to, right? And and now they just, they seem to like, purposely walk away from me. You
4: just need to get used to your new skin.
0: Or you can use your
2: new powers to make them like you.
4: But watch where you do it. There's a lot of eyes on these streets. People not, might not care about what you say, but they'll fucking look.
2: Right. Uh Shall we drive to the... Address? Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
4: All right, so we're going to go there. We're going to find who's responsible. Did he, did he Did he? say the project manager's name or anything about them? Did he... Anything? We can get there. We can try to find him.
0: Well, he's the attorney.
4: He's the attorney.
0: So he probably has information.
4: Mm-hmm. All right. So we can go to the attorney's office, but he's in. He's definitely in the building. Oh. He's yeah. answering that call. Maybe, maybe we could persuade him to give us the information we need for tonight. night. could forget all about it.
2: We'll have to see.
1: With a objective form and an address gained and a little bit of subterfuge employed by Quinn, our newly formed coterie has a plan of action to stop the destruction and redevelopment of Casa Puebla. And with that, we will pause our Vampire Chronicle for tonight.
0: Vampire the Masquerade is the property of Paradox Interactive. This podcast uses audio from pixabay.com. LJ the La Sombra was played by Don McCormick. Amelie the Ventrue was played by Dina Marie. Quinn the Malkavian was played by Alex Holtman. The storyteller of this chronicle was Adam Sabbath. Follow True Dice on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for more stories to come. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at True Dice Podcast for fun updates. And check out our Ko-fi to support the show and access exclusive content. Thanks for listening.